Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, for the 18th of September, 2023. There we are. Perfect. Anyway, I'm joined by Connor and Carl today. Hello. Uh, in unison. And uh, today, in unison, we shall be talking about the lynching of Russell Brand, the uh, fact that Horrible Histories has fallen. Yes. That's never good. Anyway, but also the <coughs> eternal European, which um, is a whole other question to be spoke of. But we shall begin with Russell Brand, I suppose. I guess we will. So there has been uh, a cancellation attempt, should we say, on Russell Brand. Not my favorite martyr, I have to say. But, uh, is this you jumping out in front of the bullets? No. no. <laughs> I think it's too late for that anyway. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, but it's really what this, what this tells us about the current state of affairs. Uh, but it, like, it's not all bad news, actually. I mean, it might be from Russell Brand, but it's not from Russell Brand. Um, because just to get this straight, though, what's he been accused of? So they come out and said he's a rapist, because that's what I've got from looking at the news. Yes, it, something like rape, but some of them have been saying like sexual assault or indecent acts and things like this. It's actually a little bit blurry. But there's no criminal case. It's just no. There's women no. said something. Well, well, one woman has accused him of rape, took a rape kit, but then. Those, even the medical records were provided to the investigators. She chose not to press charges at the time, and the exact details of that medical record, because she took the rape kit, were not disclosed. It just said she took one. So, yeah. So, it's, this is the thing it's kind of implied that he's a rapist, but no one's expressly stating he is a rapist, or at least I haven't seen anything. They are. You know, but it's, it's just the newspapers. Well, no, no, no. They're, they're not. They, <laughs> they, they, they're prefixing everything with alleged. And they'll describe what he is alleged to have done, but they don't characterize him expressly. Um, and so, but before we begin, the reason that this matters is because I think this is really just against the very principles of the rule of law that were established in this country, as elucidated by Tom Bingham in his book, The Rule of Law. Um, I really, really like this book. Tom Bingham was a, a judge, a very well-known and austere one in his day. And this was just totally, uh, it's, it's not even a thick book, but it's just a really good read about how the rule of law came about in England and why the principles that underpinned it made England the country that it is and not a country that, say, goes on mass lynchings on the allegation of unknown uh, purported victims. Well, this is a sort of flashpoint case of <clears throat> the, the laws and the books matter only insofar as the people who believe in the legitimacy, legitimacy of the law are willing to apply them. Yeah. And so we still have the same laws on the books, but because of things like Me Too and the fervor of freedom feminism that has, has whipped up an accusation into um, uh, the, the presumption of guilt, that means that even though he's meant to be entitled to the protection of things like libel and slander laws and the presumption of innocence, He's not getting that at the moment. Yeah. And one, one thing that's interesting is the, the kickback against it actually is surprisingly good, uh, even for someone like Russell Brand, right? Who, I guess, spoiler alert, he hasn't exactly got the um, least sordid history in uh, entertainment. He's got two lives. That's part of the issue. Yeah. So after about 2013, when he involved himself in politics with the trues where he was interviewing London Ed Miliband, I think, on the campaign trail. I think he even spoke to Farage at one point. He was typical low information, yeah. commie leaning. And then he went on a ascetic, well-being style recovery journey because he got married and had kids and thought, well, actually, my past looks a bit dodgy. Um, and then coinciding with that, that made him very skeptical of corporate power and media manipulation. The likes. Yeah. So now he's falling into the left-wing populist circle. Yeah, there's a bit of overlap with, I guess you could just say, the conspiracy sphere. 
Or Joe Rogan, well, really. Yeah. Similar, similar sort of thing. And and to be honest with you, I'm I've been entirely supportive of that journey into questioning maybe the media is not telling me the truth about the Pfizer vaccine, blah, blah, blah. That sort of, you know, area of questioning. I'm entirely supportive of that. But like I've never been a fan of Russell Brand. I actually really viscerally disliked him like two years ago. His rhetorical style is like if if Jordan Peterson's conservative manifesto was personified, and I know that's coming from me, but he is, he's a human thesaurus. It's not even that. It's, I don't know how to describe it. Like there's, I think there's a time and place for like woolly thinking. Um, but brand is not even addressing, I don't know. I'll, 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 let's just go through this and then I'll show you what I mean. I think is the easiest way. So, um, this <clears throat> is part of, the whole thing, and this is really the, my issue with this is the way that it's being done, right? Because, as you can see, I mean, if you can hear the, the sound of you know, foreboding music, Russell Brown did all this, and like he's hanging around in dark alleys, pouncing on unsuspecting women. I did listen to this. Yeah, me too. What they say that he did is that he'd get runners to ask pretty women in the audience to meet him in his hotel room. Yeah, who were of age, and he'd have sex with them. And then they'd moan that they wouldn't get a call back from him the next day. Yeah, amazing. I, I'm. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, no, that, I mean that is so expected. Like, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't only it, but that no. was a large composite of it. And if you're including that, I always just completely lose sympathy for the producers of the piece of media that's alleging so and so is a bad man. It's like, oh my god, he didn't call girls back after having sex with them in the in the media industry. Wow, that's that's never happened. I'm so surprised. I thought he was going to marry all three of those girls that he took home that night. Yeah, there's also one instance where one of the runners on Big Brother accused him of like joking about having a quickie and flashing her. Yeah. And she goes, and so I went back to his apartment. I've, I slept with her. I've got the exact quote there, right? Rachel, who was 24 at the time, so of age, uh, says she once walked into Brown's dressing room and he flashed his penis at her. She was shocked and refused. And then she went back to his house they bu- <laughs> she said Brand continued to pursue her, her and after some time he asked her to visit his flat when she arrived they kissed and had sex they began a relationship and he alleges he told her to keep it a complete secret because apparently in his contract he was not supposed to have any sexual contact with anyone working on Big Brother but that wasn't in the contract I have thoughts about the broader cultural implications of this yeah. but under the current cultural rubric of consent is all that matters and there are no other sexual safeguards yeah. that prohibit that kind of activity He's done nothing wrong in that instance. Obviously, the other allegations are more severe and a little bit dubious, I will say. So I'm waiting on more evidence to come out, whether or not to condemn him or not. But in that, all I can say is he's got a personal vice and a personal failing, but that's not abusive. Yeah. I mean, a a lot of these, again, are quite just... This is just the media. I just can't stand where they're like, you know, he also did this thing. So that's got nothing to do with what anyone cares about. Why didn't you say anything about it at the time? And also, your Channel 4, like, sorry, you have people with their cocks out on primetime TV. Um, Do you not know what the the naked shows they keep doing? Oh, Naked Attraction and Naked Education where they expose themselves to school kids. Yeah, but they've always done this. Russell Brown had his cock out. I was like, yeah, you're you're both. They they have always done this. You're probably too young to remember Eurotrash. No. That that was a Channel 4 show that was basically just lewd and debauched. There's literally... Lewd and debauched media company has debauched people working for it. Yeah. And suddenly they're like, oh, hang on a second. Don't we need to return to Victorian moral standards regarding women? No, you don't. You don't think that. You know, this is the thing. And this is an, an, another aspect of this that really pisses me off. All of these people who are just like, yeah, so what we need is naked drag queens reading stories to kids. 
except for now, because suddenly Russell Brand has like, I don't know, done something wrong a decade ago. If, and, if, and that's the thing, like the, the crime is obviously something that's respected. It's like, the, let's say the crime industry of the law. Yeah. So has he done something wrong? Find something out. But I think the, the natural pushback everyone instantly feels on this is just because we all hate the media. Yeah. That's, they are just scum. Yeah. And that, that's, that's actually been one of the heartening things. I mean, like, like well, the, the thing is, he seems to have been accused by women that he was having relationships with, right? That's the thing. And so it's like, right, okay. Now, I don't think that Russell Brand is someone who shows like a great deal of personal self-restraint. But I also think that if you're involved in a relationship with him, you knew who you were going out with. You knew the kind of man Russell Brand was when you start with. And, and hey, I'm not saying that you're not allowed to, you know, make poor judgments or anything like that, you know. I'm sure lots of women have thrown themselves at Russell Brand and live to regret it. The, so, two, two angles on this. Go on. Um, one, there are, and I've spoken to friends with much higher profiles as well, mm -hmm. there are women who will be unsolicitedly forward mm -hmm. to any man they think has some kind of public profile. Yep. Has happened before. Yep. Has happened to lots of people that you and I would both know. And so if you're Russell Brand, who's been voted top shagger of the year, multiple years running by the sun, you can only imagine that he may be a magnet for some of those things. Yes. And also, to Callum's point, it's not just the media that misrepresents these things and uses manipulative editing, like they did with, frankly, the Andrew Tate BBC documentary, which yeah. I am against Andrew Tate. And even I thought, wow, you're making me less convinced by the case, actually, just by, by how manipulative you're presenting the framing. Yeah. But everyone here, remember, Channel 4 hosted Big Brother. They kept giving him gigs. Everyone oh, here yeah. knew about this, if it is true. And I can say for a fact that on the lead up to the Philip Schofield scandal, the Hugh Edwards scandal and that, I have spoken to people before in behind the scenes stuff on other networks that weren't even those networks and said, mm -hmm. yeah, because we worked on other networks. We always heard stories and we knew people that it happened to, but just nobody says anything. There are creeps and narcissists and perverts that work in this industry on some networks more than others and nobody speaks up because money or because they're equally as creepy fame access they they've got all of their reasons and, and again all of these are historic allegations so there's going to be zero evidence physical evidence for any of this right uh, presumably this is one of the like in a normal country what would happen now is the law would investigate and then if he's found guilty then his career is destroyed yes we wait for that but the west doesn't work like this we all just well, it works like that sometimes, doesn't it? Like you said, well, with Philip Schofield or yeah. whoever else that they support, suddenly everyone has to wait. But I, th I think it's important to remember Russell Brand's career trajectory in this because he went from in the tent to out the tent. Exactly. He, he, uh, that's exactly it. And he is also successful. In fact, we'll, we'll get into that a little further in, right? So this is a, like a major summary of the thing. And like this, again, it really just feels like a sort of he said, she said situation. The, there's only one thing in this that's convincing that I'll get out in a second. But like the, the, major, the major allegation that I thought was like the most aggressively he raped me one was from a woman called Nadia, not her real name. Again, uh, they exchanged phone numbers. They got in touch. They began texting and phoning. They met up in 2012 in his house in LA and then went on to have consensual sex. But she was unsettled by his glazed overlook. There were multiple women in this in the documentary that described his eyes turning black like jaws as if he's got demonic possession or something. Yeah. And it's, again, another manipulative framing device trying to depict him as a monster. Yeah, well, and 
even glazed gla- glazed over look like have these people never had sex before like, <laughs> sorry he wasn't he might have just been really bad love <laughs> but like, I, I thought sex was just kissing but like, i thought i was just going through my groceries when i was having sex you know but russell brown seemed to be into it like okay like the every quite- woman i've had sex with gets a glazed over look in her eyes when you're having sex but the question is was it consensual or not she just That's thought so it, yes so then yeah, exactly well yeah but but um, the later one is is that she alleged it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And so there's this particular this this is essentially the smoking gun. Now you'll notice that there's a weird. Uh, if you look at the blue line, the, the blue block, and you go along the line on the side, you'll notice that there's a weird sort of mismatch there, uh, where it looks like it's been stitched together. But I'm actually, but I'm I'm not saying that this is fake because I don't think this is fake. I think it would be too stupid for them to fake this. I think they've just had where it's on a phone screen and screenshotted and then stitched it together afterwards to make. Someone in Photoshop's not done a great job. Exactly. Yeah, you'd think they would have done a better job, but okay. But I'm not. I'm not saying that this is fake or Photoshop because I don't think it is. To be honest, um, can we zoom out on that again? Uh, just so we can see the whole thing. So yeah, as you can see, right? She's complaining that basically what she thinks is well, what she says is that um, she went to his house. And then he grabbed her, had sex with her when she didn't want to, without using a condom. And this is the second time? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the second time. This it's seems... a consequent time. It's not the first time she went. I think this is the time that she accuses where she came over, he answered the door naked, said there was another girl in the house. Yeah, she, she, she didn't, didn't want, want to have a threesome. But then the actual text is vague enough that it reads like he could have just taken the condom off during it, which she also alleges it happening. So it could, it I... reads like it could be connecting two separate incidents. This is, I'm, I'm not alleging no, she's making it up and I'm not no, alleging I'm... that he hasn't done it. I'm just saying the fact that the lack of evidence raises questions here means that it's basically impossible to believe. Possibly, uh, to be honest with you, I'm I'm more inclined to believe that this is probably as she describes it, um, because he apologizes afterwards, as you can see there. I am very sorry, you know, I'll make this up to you, but but, and it's like okay, yeah, this I think could be considered to be a strong allegation against him, right? Sure, uh, yep, and lock him up. Strong allegation, sure. If there's any evidence for it as well, as Callum said, lock him up. But also, it was is... over a decade ago, and you obviously didn't want to go further with it. Also, this is the only thing that's been provided. It is out of context, and he could have just been conciliatory for some unrelated thing. Possibly, but I'm not. I'm not prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt on this. You know, I I think that she went over there with the intention of having sex with him. He had sex with her, but in a way that she wasn't happy hmm. with. And so, yeah, you could call that rape, right? You could call that rape, and she. What? Did you? Yeah, I think so. Legally? Yeah, I think so. Um, technically now, yes, because yeah. they've changed the legal defini- definition of rape, um, basically from a non-consensual penetrative activity to any sexual activity which does not have affirmative enthusiastic consent before the stage. Yeah, it's, it's mental. I How know. does that mean? So you you know you know when you you know when you like, I was worried now. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> so you know the mood. Have killing... I got to ask her in the middle of just yeah, keep, no, keep asking at each her, stage just... at each stage? Yes, genuinely, that's the feminist proposal. That, that has been adopted into California yeah, law, right, right, and right. this happened in LA as well. Yeah. So so, but but and it's I don't you know it's not it's not you know the predator hanging around a dark alley ambushing unsuspecting women. It's a woman who's in a relationship with him, and they had sex in a way that she didn't want, and he apologized. I I assume that she continued seeing him afterwards. And she let it go, as you said. She didn't press charges or anything like that. So, okay, what's happening here? Well, these women who, I mean, whoever they are, know that Russell Brand is Russell Brand. The really red flag thing that came up for me <clears throat> was the 16-year-old girl sure. who had alleged it. 
Um, so obviously she came forward. It wasn't her name and her face and identity were withheld, but she actually sat through it and, and gave it. My concern is that towards the end of the documentary for the Full Channel 4 thing, they then said, so they, they'd met when she was meeting a friend in Leicester Square in the building where MTV was housed. And she said, okay, well, he offered me a date there and he took me out and that. Mm. One, who are the people around this girl if she is 16, failing her to such an extent which she goes on repeat dates with 30-year-old men that pick her up on that? Is there no building security? Is there no logs? Why have we not provide this evidence? But at the end of the documentary, they say, Alice, who they dubbed her, who now works for Channel 4, so the girl making the smoking gun allegation now works for the exact same TV station that's running this that used to employ Russell Brand. Also, that seems like a conflict of interest. Also, what legal action could have been taken? Because 16 is in the age of majority, right? Yes. So even if everyone was like, look, I think that's wrong, which it would have been, but there's nothing legally anyone well, could have done. I think no, a, it's a matter for the law to change if you want that to change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think I think there is a probably should. There, like, there's a bit of a legal gray area between 16 and 18. I think that sometimes that has been seen as like a grooming case before. May, maybe. Um, but yeah. also, she didn't go to the police with that years later. She went to his publishing agent when he was putting the book out. Yeah. So that's just the wrong way to go about it. If it did happen again, this is just why it seems straining credulity. Yeah. And so, okay. Fine, you know Russell Brand has a gross history. Yes, I'm happy to concede that. You know, maybe is he rapist? May, maybe he went too far or acted in a way that the women he was seeing at the time didn't want. Yeah, I can concede that. Yeah, it's entirely possible. If he's a provable rapist, given the death penalty, but well, we haven't been proven yet. I don't. Uh, that's the thing. Even if this it can be categorized as a case of rape, I don't think it's like, you know, it's it's not him. Hanging around on a street corner and raping an unsuspecting old woman, right? Well, well there were the most raped work anyway. Oh yeah, sure, I'm sure it's not. But like, there were allegations where he'd so in the allegations it was like a girl would uh, his girlfriend would come over, she wouldn't want to have sex, he'd hold her against a wall or against the bed and do that. Yeah. So that would be that. But yeah, again, yeah, yeah. there is no evidence of that. It's just the allegation. So if you provide us evidence, but there there is sure, going to but, be no evidence. That's the thing. There's going to be no evidence. So okay, fine. But anyway, so. Obviously, it's on all of the front papers. Just look at every every well, single paper. This had no consequences when they did this in the 90s to a bunch of celebrities that ended up dead. Yeah. So anyway. Really, they're trying to sell papers, to be honest. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason we're talking about it, which is it's the way the media works in this country, which is- the, And in other countries. Well, in some countries, you don't do this. You, know, you wait for the courts to decide whether or not the person is guilty and then the press are allowed to talk about it. But there, there isn't even a legal case against them yet. I know, and that's what I mean. Like, this is, in my opinion, sorry, I almost broke the mic there, almost slander. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We were only talking about it because they're talking about it. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're here like, man, rapist, accused. Yeah. It's like, well, that kind of... In, yeah, in the big font, <laughs> Russell Brand raped me across the entire front cover. But, and then the print, allegedly. Is, but the thing is, right, I, I'm, I'm not prepared to give the media the benefit of the doubt here because they know exactly what they're doing when mm -hmm. they do this. They know that most people literally not buy their paper, but at least walk past, see the headline and go, Russell Brand rapist. Right? Yeah. That's new. Name allegation. Exactly. That's all you need. E exactly. They know, and they also know, that if they put this on the front pa page, it's not necessarily going to sell more papers. It is de definitely going to destroy Russell Brand's reputation with the average person who's not politically engaged. That's true. They know what they're doing, and they're all doing it all at once. Why? Now, I would suggest that actually uh, the Times has told us, which I'll get into in a minute. But before we do, uh, they, there has been a few updates that the Times give us. 
Metropolitan Police has begun inquiries into Brown's alleged mistreatment of women and called on any victims to speak to officers. Hmm. Yeah, you'd think that victims of Russell Brand would go to the police at some point. Well, and, and this is part of the broader point about the consent framework being weak. But the police, we've not heard from any victims. Every front paper, every page, it's like, you are all scum. Right? Again, I don't even particularly like Russell Brand. I definitely don't respect his industry. But you're all scum. So, obviously, one of the ways that you can safeguard against this is not have the sexual history of Russell Brand. However, if we look at Brett Kavanaugh, who oh, yeah, not exactly. have that, <laughs> who, who is a married family man yep. and had never ever been accused of sexual impropriety before, just because he is a prominent figure who is being appointed to the Supreme Court and threatening Roe v. What Wade. About Clarence Thomas? Well, yeah, but, Same but, thing, right? but Brett Kavanaugh was even more egregious because Brett Kavanaugh, they had one accuser come out yep. and totally fabricate her but story. But Biden did exactly the same with Thomas. I know, but, but, the worst, but the worst thing, and I'm connecting it to this, is yeah. because as soon as one accuser came out and was televised, lots more accusers came out to be represented by McAlavinati with escalating ridiculousness of their claims. Those people were never charged for making false accusations. Christine Blasey Ford just got a book deal. But at least you know their names, right? Yes. At least you know their names. The anonymous accusers of Russell Brand, going back to Tom Bingham's rule of law, one of the most concrete, fundamental principles of having the rule of law is to be able to face your own accusers. But of course, there's no criminal case. The police haven't even heard from any victims. Yep. So what is this? You know, This is not actually Russell Brand did something wrong. This is, we hate Russell Brand and want to destroy him. And Until it, there's a criminal case, what else could it be? Exactly. What else could it be until there's a criminal case? Channel 4 have begun an investigation of their former presenter, and a TV production company stated... Uh, started an urgent internal investigation. Urgent? This happened over a decade ago. He used to work for you all the time. Like, you would know what kind of person he is. Many and, of you were having sex with him? Yeah, exactly. Some of the people there have had sex with him. I mean, yeah, like, okay. A leading domestic abuse charity ended its ties with the comedian. It's saddened to learn about the allegations, and that's really what this was. Right, Russell Brand needs to be excoriated and excised from public life. We want him gone. He has been, frankly, a big mouth and a big mouth in the wrong direction. As you said, he went from inside the tent to outside. That's what this is. And we know that's what this is. Because literally, this is from The Times, their original article, this, this particular investigation, right? They were all approached by, they, they all said they felt ready to speak only after being approached by reporters. Several said they felt compelled to do so, given Brand's newfound prominence as an online wellness influencer with millions of followers on YouTube and other sites. So the investigation went and sought out people that they already knew may have been connected to Brand and then were referred to others who might have an axe to grind against them politically. And this, this mask was betrayed as well when a bunch of op-eds in, of all places, because they've been decent recently, The Telegraph came out saying, Russell Brand's an alt-right figure. It's like, Sorry, what? What? Oh, so his politics does have something to do with these accusations then. It's, Why are you all moving in lockstep? Explicit from this Times article. He's, like, he's got millions of followers online. He has newfound prominence. We need to come forward because he is speaking against the hegemonic narrative of what's happened in the last three years. Isn't that That's really funny though? Because he's not our guy. No, not at all. He's, he's never going to be. But the only thing that makes him outside the tent is like, I'm not purposely going to be retarded anymore. I'm not sponsored by Pfizer. Yes. Yeah, but on a whole bunch of things where he's like, I'm just not going to believe what you guys say uncritically. I well, that, you've got to go. I have like, You're outside the tent just for that. About the, the, the money complex that is going on regarding the government, the media, and the drug companies, and what that's done to society, says one concerned local man 
And suddenly, oh, that rapist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Same thing happened with Trump, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, this is an ancient playbook that they no, use every single time. At least in Donald Trump's case, like to join the opposition party and reform it so <laughs> yeah. it's actually in opposition. Like, he does a big thing there. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in British society, all you have to do is be like, yeah, I'm not just going to believe it uncritically anymore. That's all the, yeah. the smallest crime. I mean, I, I was listening. I, I had to get a taxi in today because there was a massive storm yesterday and it flooded. The, the river I have to ride over on a bridge completely flooded. It wasn't that deep, I didn't think. And so I thought, oh, I can get through there. Uh, no, it went up to my knees and I was like, yeah, I think I just better get a taxi. Um, and so I'm in the taxi on the way and it's literally just, you know, like BBC Two or something. The guy's listening to talking about Russell Brand. And every time, like, yeah, so Russell Brand raped someone, allegedly. And then, and Russell Brand the rapist, allegedly. And it's like, this is not breaking news, actually. This isn't like, you know, there are more important things going on in the world than the... Or things that might be true. Yeah. <laughs> and also things that might matter. Like, these women were like, yeah, okay, I had a bad experience with Russell Brand, but I mean... But it does matter to the people bankrolling the media institutions who are sponsored. I mean, the BBC takes tons of money from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Absolutely. Various American outlets take sponsorships from Pfizer directly. We've all seen the compilations. And so if Brand is critiquing Big Pharma and the military-industrial complex, no matter how much his solutions might be off in commie, airy fairyland, he is still, with multiple millions of subscribers, an effective tool for critiquing the hegemony that reaches normal people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why they've singled him out and gone, right, well, we can just pull the trigger on this pretty much any time. I mean, this um, was years in the making. They started this in early 2019. Huh, they were made aware of it. But four years later, they decided to pull the trigger. I wonder why. I wonder why. What happened between 2019 and 2023? Let's ask Tom Howard. Yeah, the, that made them hate Russell Brand. Really weird. I mean, they've obviously known about this. You know, Channel Four have been sat on this for over a decade. You know, they've all known this. Like this other woman, she's been sat on this for years, dismissed it, didn't press charges, didn't care. Well, who knows? You know, what, whatever. But the but then, the thing I like about this has been the pushback against the media. That's the thing that really matters to me. Sanjita Miska, a an LBC host, says, "Quote: The investigation into Russell Brand is not a coordinated attack by the MSM." Is a joint piece of work by credible journalists working with credible news organizations. That does translate to coordinators. Yeah, exactly. That's what that means. Yeah. Right? I, I, I don't trust the Times as far as I can throw them after they tried to ambush journalism me once. Yeah. Channel 4, no. But that's, this isn't a coordinated attack by the MSM. Yes, it is. That's exactly what that means. It just happens every month. Yeah, it just happens all the Some time. Some new thing every month. That's why we've got that little phrase, a coordinated attack by the MSM. We, we have that phrase to summarize a piece of journalism, quote-unquote, done by credible news organizations. I mean, what's a credible journalist in 2023? What do they look Ariana like? Ariana Spring? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You lied about me. You're such liars. I can fix her. And so I'm just like, look, if you hadn't cried wolf so many times and borne such false witness, maybe people would believe you when you claim to be credible because no one believes you. And that's the thing. If Mariana uh, Sanjita Muska has to come out and be like, well, we're credible journalists. I think you're losing, and I think we're doing really well because I think the dialectic's going in the other direction, isn't it? You know, it's, it's just assumed you're not credible, and you have to come out and go, no, no, we are credible. Trust me, please. Bollocks. Um, but of course, Kathy Newman, I'm in awe of these five women. Name them, Kathy. Who? Who, what, who are those women? You don't know. You have no idea who they are. How can you be in awe of them? So you what you're saying work. is you don't believe women. I'm, I am saying that. I, I, <laughs> I, she doesn't know who these people are, and yet she's like, oh, well, Forensic work from Channel 4 District. They got some text messages. Forensic work. I mean, again, if you had concrete evidence, then no one would be like, we don't trust the media. Yeah. You'd be presenting evidence. 
and in a court. But that, of course, that doesn't matter to Kathy Newman. She's we're we're lynching a dissident. That's what we are doing. This is a public lynching of Russell Brand. Now, you know, who knows whether he's guilty or not. But, Again, but, reminder, Kathy Newman went straight from Channel 4 to the Times. That's a good point. Uh, this is one woman who says that uh, she was asked to, uh, I don't know, tell on Russell Brand? Again, what, what, what do we call this? You know, there's no criminal evidence, so she wasn't asked to testify against Russell Brand, you know, because there's no court case or anything. But they, they contacted her, and, and she was like, but I had a good relationship with them. I had a good time with them. I don't have anything to say. And they were like, okay, we're leaving that out of the documentary, which same thing happened with Andrew Tate. Again, all of these people who I personally, <laughs> in fact, if I, if I had to be asked, I'd be like, yeah, he probably does have skeletons in his closet. That's the problem for the court. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I said. You know, this, this trial by media is nothing more than a lynching. Why should they have the power to do this? Brands committed a crime, go to the police until they're convicted. I don't want to hear about it. That's my opinion. I, I think what's happened as well, not just that these accusations are politically expedient for the forces that profit off of the exact kind of people Russell Brand critiques, so he's become inconvenient, yep. but also the, and this you see this with, with Me Too, the sort of revolutionary terror of the sexual yep. revolution, is that the consent framework is um, insufficient for how women think about sex. So if women are going through hookups, then that's how you get to the regret is rape situation. Yep. And where if you have enough, if you're Russell Brand, if you have, hundreds, possibly thousands of hookups with women, some of them are going to regret that because they feel bad about themselves and possibly pull that card on you later. Yep. So you've just got to beware. It's, it's not right. But. Sure, but it's the world we live in. And again, like you say, it's, it's not, it, there are so many people who would have a stake in doing this. Like the Me Too movement, as Aidan Paladin alludes there. There's so many bogus Me Too cases. Yeah, yeah, there is. You is know. he's sorry. Yeah, like loads, just like loads. And so it's not like this power hasn't been abused in the past by the, the very same kinds of people who are now promoting the abuse of this power in the future. Do you so, remember when I went Piers Morgan and the woman sat next to me and said, actually, I like that terror, men should be afraid. So there are people yeah, out there yeah, like that that absolutely. want the ability to make false accusations against their political enemies. Exactly. And so we've got various sort of columns holding this allegation up and every single one of them is totally suspect. Again, it's not like I think Russell Brand has never done anything wrong. He't not Donald Trump. <laughs> Again, just don't know that's, I, your assessment. Weird that he's the guy I can use as the example of someone who did nothing wrong. but he's, he's I don't doubt that he's got a long, sordid history of either going too close to the line or going over the line at least a few feet, and then you know because this is, this is the thing, it's all about degree, and these women knew what they were getting into when getting involved with Russell Brand. Why did they wait? Because it wasn't expedient. There was nothing to gain. They'd let it go. Okay, that was a mistake I made. I shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly, oh, we're from the Times. We're from Channel 4. Would you like to, you know, and yes. It all comes together. And so they're trying to cancel him. And again, I've got no personal love of Russell Brand. I actually, for the longest time, I found him insanely annoying. But I did kind of like his sort of skeptic arc because I kind of agreed with it. Anyway, so yeah, Russell Brand being lynched. Uh, the only good thing about this is the amount of remarkable pushback that I've seen. Like Elon Musk has been tweeting about this. Tucker Carlson tweeted Jordan about Peterson. it. Jordan Peterson. Like everyone is like, look, no, we're not, we're not having this. And so far, on, on the scale of cancellation, it's just been the charity that's dropped him. So, okay, that's good. That's I think, think good his start. agent has as well. What does he do? That's a good point, actually. He doesn't. <laughs> but you've only one when you work in TV, but in the modern age. Yeah. Like... He literally streams to YouTube and Rumble. He didn't need an agent. 
No, but if someone wants to get in contact as well, like he's got yeah. social media. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Booking live gigs might be a pain in the back. Sure, but I'm it's sure probably he... someone going to pick him up again. There's no, he's not going to have trouble getting an agent. Right? The, the, you know, the cancellation has been incredibly minor, and that's probably much to their disappointment. Um, but it has been nice to see just, and this is why everyone's saying, oh, the right wing is leaping to defend Russell Brand. It's like, well, no, we just really hate cancellations. We're defending yeah, the principal. Guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not our guy. No, at all. He's not a right wing hero. Um, you know, like I mean, I'm sure Bernie Sanders was skeptical of the vaccine industrial complex. You know, but it, either way, this kind of behavior just can't be allowed to stand. All right, with that, we shall move to something um, that is the truth instead. Oh, I'm here to tell you guys the truth, uh, which is that We With Kangs is actually true, 100. percent I have been taught this by the state media, um, so we're just going to buy into it now. All right, we're all on board? Good. All right. I watched watch Wakanda forever. That was, that was easier than I was expecting for dumbness. But anyway, we shall begin with promoting something on lotuseers.com, this being the Cultural Revolution Book Club, because the same situation is, of course, happening in the West on a day-to-day instance. And this thing went viral recently, and that thing is this, a BBC... Can we play a bit of it? We shall. This, But just to explain, this is not just BBC for adults. This is BBC for children here. Yep. It's CBBC. And uh, this is a song from Horrible Histories. And I, I when that was good. I used no. to love Horrible Histories. I'm too old for this. Oh, so their, their song parodies used to be top class. They did a they did a Dick Turpin one that was a parody of Adam and the Ants. It's oh, genuinely yeah. quite a tune. Okay. They did they did they did a Michael Jackson parody for all of the Roman emperors that were like the worst, like Caligula and Nero and all that. So they were quite fun. And now this even just education, like the the King and Queen song actually did. I work. remember that to this day. Yeah, exactly. And um, instead, they've decided, I don't know, just on a side note. I just, love what, I just love this video. The quality of this thing is crap anyway, but the history is obviously um, true, and I shall prove it by, let's play a bit and listen. That no. is just amazing. If I may be allowed to make an insensitive comment, I I thought black people were famed for their great music. This was terrible. But just on a on a purely technical level, this was the laziest. Mixing's awful. The yeah. lyrics are terrible. The the background music is so cheap. Everything about it is just crap. Oh look, it's Anne Boleyn. <laughs> <laughs> look, we'll get onto the truth later. Why are you gonna? <laughs> I you love I love the idea that literally at the end of like the Younger Dryas and the ice sheet is receding. And it just oh. recedes over a bunch of sub-Saharan African men. <laughs> what are you I would have been frozen here in time. Yes. Like the Terracotta Army. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> what, what, what are the odds that it happened to be someone from around the sort of Congo region? So it happened to be the first people in Britain. Like, people listening, he claims that the, the, the uh, cavemen was black, and then the yep. Romans who came here was black. Yep. Uh, then the medievals was black. And then the First World War, there was blacks. And no, 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 no. You're, you're not, he skips the medievals, actually. Uh, oh, no, he, he mentions he, the trumpeter. Yeah, Henry the VIII's one. trumpeter. Yeah. The one black man in all of the medieval history. Yeah. But that's not but even that, medieval. It's like 16th century. 
That proves that they were here the whole time. Yeah. And then he moves on to Windrush because for some reason he ran out of stuff and that's that's literally... Yeah, but that's the second founding of the UK. That's, yeah, that's of course. Like... The real UK. Yes. It's our Mayflower. U and then K-A-Y. Just before we go on, right, I, I just want to make it clear, right? Because they, they bring up Cheddar Man at one point. That's not true. There's no evidence that Cheddar Man had dark skin. There's no reason to think he did, right? Uh, and, but even if, even if he did, okay, that doesn't make him African. There are actually lots of people around the world who have dark skin who aren't from Africa. Survive like, the, that's shocking. Yeah, survive, I watched Survive, survive the Guy's video on this. Yeah. His best point is just like, okay, so what is a black person? Well, in the English language, that means sub-Saharan. Yes. So, no. Yeah. Like, even definitionally, if you put all the melanin in the world into him, he's still not a sub-Saharan man. Yes. So that doesn't make any sense. But uh, this was my initial response. And just, you know, it's got to yeah. go. But just, just a quick a few others, right? Uh, the Roman Emperor, not black. Right? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's going to shock you. Yeah, bloody but obvious. North, North Africans in general, not black. Uh, the one trumpeter, yes, I think he was black because he came from Spain. He was a slave. So, I want to talk about the Cheddar Man real quick. I yeah. suppose we'll go through some of the examples. So, yeah. the, as you mentioned, the Cheddar Man, every media outlet in this country, for some reason, was ecstatically happy yeah. to claim that he was a black man, even though, as Survive the Jive has pointed out, that wouldn't really make any sense, even if his skin was dark. But the he's problem is not African. Even he doesn't look like he believes it. Well, there's also the other problem of. Does anyone really trust these human beings who did this and in the media to accurately report if this man's skin tone was X or Y? I don't, I don't trust any of the human beings involved in this process. So I, just, I, I have been reliably informed that we have trans Vikings, so at this point I can believe anything. That's, that's why. I mean. Did you see they found an, an Islamic ring in Sweden a little while back? And they were like, wow, this shows that uh, Islam has always been in Sweden. It was like spoils of war by any chance. Clearly, yeah, no. someone killed a Muslim. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happened there. <laughs> and then went home. Like, what else do you think happened? It shows that the Vikings went raiding very far south. Yeah. Anyway, but the Cheddar Man thing. Um, turns out they actually found the Cheddar Man's ancestor. Uh, yep. you want to guess how far away he was? Oh, like two miles away. Yeah. Like that, yeah. And there he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, I had this uh, weird thing we were talking about. I think it might have been with uh, Michael, which is just, you know, you find it funny. That if you go to the famous Black Britons of today, you know, here's Black Pound Day, some article being like, yes, mm, black people, yummy. Because that's really <clears> all this is. It's really weird, it's like fetishistic. Uh, I've, I've got a different piece. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but they list a whole bunch of people here. And I'm just going to mid. You know, we've got Naomi Campbell, Jamaican parents. Right. Uh, Floella Benjamin, she's from Trinidad and Tobago. Yep. There's Idris Elba, whose parents are from Ghana and Sierra Leone. Uh, Trevor McDonald, Trinidad and Tobago again. And then. Yeah, um, not, not one of these is from the area around Cheddar Gorge. That's really weird. Yeah, none of them have their ancestry from Cheddar Man. Yeah. Interesting. It's funny how literally every single person you meet who can accurately be described as a black man or any other uh, group adjacent. They, they come from Africa. They never claim to be from Cheddar. Yeah. So whatever. Just a whole side point about how mad of a yeah. definition that is. And Survivor the Jive is correct. Well, there's the medieval England part as well. You look up paintings of medieval England. Which... I mean, we literally like the the Anne Boleyn one was the best one, I think, because like you've got the Netflix like literally like they're trying to like ref, like that was make Channel Four as well, wasn't it? Was it was it Channel Four? It was, was it? Channel Four? Right. Yeah, because we we have existent paintings of her from her in her life, hmm. as in we know exactly what she looked like because they painted her while she was alive. And we have those paintings. Well, it's also um, if she was executed for the accusation of being a witch, it was because she had. Polydactylism, so she had an extra like weird little finger yeah, thing. Yeah, she had a six fingers. Yeah. If if she really was black and she was beheaded, you could bet historians would have jumped on that for systemic racism narratives a long time ago. 
I think so. Why haven't they capitalized would have on that? that? Yeah. Why would they have painted it as being as pale as milk? Well, clearly the paintings are far right propaganda. Because I mean, we're not we're not going to disbelieve horrible histories now, are we? So there we are. I mean, I, I have seen Bridgerton. <laughs> I agree that there's some kind of propaganda. <laughs> there is some more propaganda, anti-black propaganda, as we can see the Bayo Tapestry. Uh, it's quite long. <laughs> So I suppose uh, we'll give it a scroll. Tell me when you see an African gentleman, chaps, and uh, I'll shut up, I suppose. Uh, did, uh, did, we're going to be here a year, aren't we? Yeah, because there isn't one. There, there, yeah, there ain't one. It's funny that. It's funny how all the historical records are what they are. And, uh, you know, you mentioned. Yeah. The truth, though, you can find it on Channel 4, and that's it. Not in the Bayer Tapestry, not in any of the paintings, not in any of the eyewitness accounts. No. The TV, trust me, is telling you the truth. So there you are. But I did want to go through one more thing here, which is the, the black trumpeter. Hmm. I think this is the funniest thing in this whole conversation. I love the way his name is John White. <laughs> well, that's always the case. I bet, they, I bet he wore white clothes a lot as well. I don't know. Maybe he's a good person. No, but it's just like the uh, family guy joke of how do you know oh, yeah. a black guy in America is doing well? Well, he's got a white car and white clothes, <laughs> right. white suit. Anyway, but you know, he's literally just here. And so this chap, in case you want, I love this. One of the earliest recorded black people in the United Kingdom. No, this was before the United Kingdom existed. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. But he he is here. He joins the the royal court, and the only reason he's there he is spent a decade in England. He's a diversity hire. Right. The king was literally like, "Ooh, a black man." Yeah. Uh, and then hired him to blow trumpet, so the king could go, "Look, I've got one of them. Look at my moor. Yeah. Look how worldly I am, huh? Yeah. Elizabethan drama, one of the most prominent plays coming out of it was Othello. If black people were common in England, it wouldn't have been written because the impact wouldn't have landed. And they had to set it in Italy in order to make it historically accurate. Mm -hmm. But also, if black people were common, why would the king collect them? That's a going in low seas out of context. <laughs> well, it would be a weird thing to do, wouldn't it? It's like, you know, I, 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 he's showing off that he's got a black man, but why? It certainly wouldn't be common. a novelty, would it? It doesn't make any sense. So even his own examples make the minimum number of sense. Um, I, I happened to do the data once upon a time, just looking at this of the foreign-born population, going back to the first census of, uh, what is that, 1802 or something like that. So, I mean, yeah. But I, I'm not just going to sit here and tell you about how... Uh, yeah, obviously, it's historically wrong. Yeah. I find the whole thing more funny because, of course, it turns out this guy here uh, sent us a link mm -hmm. and cut out the correct uh, paragraphs where the people who made horrible histories, I never realized this, are, are awful human beings. Really? I can't believe it. Yeah, they weren't here to help anyone with historical knowledge. No way. Uh, in their own words. I, I don't know if you want to read this, Carl, out loud. Um, uh, well, the camera's blocking part of it, so I'll let you ah, Fine. The rest for the publisher and Dairy's bank balance is not so much horrible history. For the following 15 years or so, the last horrible history, Deary swears, has now been written a small army of researchers furnished uh, with truckloads of facts, anecdotes, and stories, and the author having established his overarching narrative for the period. Picked those that told its best according the, sorry, including the hardest hitting facts. He then goes on to say, because that sounds pretty good. Like he's got an army research. I'd love to see a fact. Yeah. Sounds good. He says, take the balmy British army, he says. I basically concluded it was one of the worst things to happen to the planet. Or British Empire. Empire. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, so I deployed the facts that illustrate that, such yeah. as the fate of the Tasmanian people. Right. Okay. He, of, all, of all the 10,000 people that were there when the British arrived, 30 years later, they were pretty much gone. It wiped out a whole people. Well, that's the worst thing to ever happen to the planet. All those I bright burnings think, that didn't happen. Could you think of a single other civilization that may have done something 
I mean, I think he's probably wrong here. I know nothing about this subject, but I know not to trust him that we turned up and shot them all. Could you think of any other civilization ever that might have done something a bit worse? In a day, yes. <laughs> yeah, not even a year. Yeah. Not 30 years. <laughs> yeah. What was I mean, it about us always thinking about the Roman Empire? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like this. If this, <laughs> if this was the worst they could charge the British Empire with, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying we didn't create any pyramids of skulls. Right? We saved a lot more slaves than that. Yeah, but there were, there were lots and lots of civilizations through history, none of them European, that created pillars of skulls. Well, not even that. There's no baby trees in Tasmania. That's true. Where the Tasmanian babies were thrown against the woods yeah. to be killed. Well, it was just <laughs> common practice in the pre-modern era that if you had to break into a city, everyone in there was going to die. Yeah. It was just something normal. All the women so, were going to be raped. All the children were going to be yeah, killed or enslaved. stolen. Enslaved, yeah. Exactly. So, like, you know, whenever you, whenever you read about a historical figure, they did that a lot. Alexander the Great did that. Timur the Lame did that. Saladin did that. Like everyone will have done that. That was just what, when, 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 when you're reading Wikipedia and you captured this city, that's actually two or three days of rape, murder, enslavement, and looting. Not just that, all of pre-Christian Rome, they can find where the brothels were because if you dig under the tiles, it's the bodies of the children that were just killed and well, yeah, discarded. Yeah. So that was, that was the culture yeah. that was going on every day, not just yeah. one imperial yeah. invasion. Yeah, well. ob obviously. But like every empire in history is built on a mountain of corpses is what an empire is and that's a really low death toll yeah. that's what I love none of us have ever written a history book or even tried and uh, this guy over here that does it for a living came to the conclusion that that was the worst thing to ever happen to the planet over here that's his worst example and you should read about the sack of Baghdad no but how ignorant does this human being have to be yeah. to say such a thing and the thing is the sack of Baghdad by the Mongols was probably like the 30th or 40th city they'd destroyed like Genghis Khan had to be persuaded not to just eradicate the Chinese race because he was like, <laughs> no, 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 unironically. He set up an Oxford Union debate, did he? <laughs> Almost. Um, he was like, right, okay, we're just going to use in all of China as pasture land for our horses. And his Chinese advisors were like, or you could tax them and they'll give you free money. So he was like, oh, that is a good idea. It's human beings? Yeah, you're not allowed to. No, they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. They, they literally don't care. Don't, don't get me started about like Attila the Hun or any of the, I mean, I, like, it goes on forever because that is the history of the human race. He goes on here. He says, I don't want to write history. He says, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for giving me production over horrible histories. I'm not a historian and I wouldn't want to be. I want to change the world. Attack the elite. Oh yeah, the elite. Overturn the hierarchy. Same, but not in the cringe way that you want. I, I just love it. Well, the work certainly not doing that. Look at my stories and you'll notice that the villains are always, always those in power and the heroes are always the little people. I hate the establishment, always have, always will. And he just goes on to, to whine a bit. There. But he, he, he literally, which, which Roman emperor was it he claimed was black? <laughs> well, this isn't exactly... The, li the little person so, who's um, the emperor of Rome who just happens to be black. So that's the guy who wrote the books and, and this yeah. over here, this, this cancer is uh, by the film production. I, I presume he didn't write this uh, particular part, but this is the combination of his work, which as he put himself, was not based on history. It was based on my feelings, yeah. which is the, I don't know anything, so the British Empire was the worst thing to happen to the planet. And uh, presumably, these human beings are exactly the same. Why is it a cow's rear? Oh, Septimius Severus. Yeah, no, he wasn't black. Are you sure? Very. But this man is very smug and arrogant. So he might know more than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, strategy. <laughs> it's, it's sincerely, though. Okay, like, look but, at how fucking... 
He's already swear, but how happy he gets about all this. I, I'm shocked that they haven't, for LGBT element of P History Month, brought up the trans emperor yet without realizing what, what happened. That's because he was a disgusting degenerate. Who got well, yeah, but that hasn't stopped them yet. Yeah, but I mean, like, eat, like, if you want to put the best foot forward for the LGBT community, you don't begin with Elagabalos. <laughs> like, that's, you absolutely don't. They have Peter Tatchell on television. That's very true. But so the thing about this, right, the, the whole framing of this thing that really annoys me is it's so obviously not true. Again, if you have to be saying, oh, black people have been in Britain since the very beginning of Britain, then it makes me obviously think, well, why do you need to say that? You know, what is being done here? Do you imagine the song? Just like, Anglos have always been here. We've been here from the start. Exactly. And the Indians would be like, no, we haven't. <laughs> you know? And Rudyard Kipling's like, well, I'm just as Indian as anyone. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, this is obviously not the case. And it's weird and cringe that you are trying to promote that. But the thing is, there's, there's a genuinely sinister aspect to this. Because what it's to say is, well, actually, you're not really from anywhere. And actually, Africans are at least as legitimate in Britain as the British. It's gaslighting you into accepting the exactly. precepts of universal man, but it also but, speaks of it, a deep insecurity on the part of the people that are putting it forward. Yeah, exactly. Well. And and I, I had a I had a conversation with Harren Bastani about this on Twitter, and I was and he was just like, "Oh, this is funny, isn't it?" I'm like, "Don't you think it's weird that they're lying to children about the racial history of Britain? Don't you think that's weird, Aaron?" But Suleiman was a black man. The Japanese were founded by <laughs> Ethiopians. Carl, what are you exactly? But like, it, it, is it not weird that they are literally lying to children? The BBC is lying to children about who inhabits Britain and has inhabited Britain. And of course, the the whole point is to retcon so nobody in the future thinks it's strange that actually mass immigration has completely changed the demographic makeup of the country. That's what this is in favor of. That's what I was saying to my granddad. It's like, in 30 years' time, people will think Bridgerton is history. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they will not even know that they should be questioning this. And that's the point of this. That's why they're morally permitted to lie to children about the history of this country. And I had this exact thought yesterday just to end this off. I was playing Rome Total War. I'm playing as the, the House of Julii, you know, exterminating the ghouls as you do. And I just thought through my head, because this came back into my head. Imagine if the Romans had mass media and started making videos for, for Gaulic children about yeah. how you know the Romans, Romans have always, always been, been here from the start. Yeah. We've always been in Elysia. Elysia is actually a Roman word, I, I tell you. Look, Vercingetorix had a Roman slave, so we've always been here. <laughs> Basically like, a Roman. It's, it's insane. But it's so creepy and weird, and as you correctly point out, that creepy and disgusting aspect is completely permitted in modern, quote-unquote, Britain, because what Britain will become is exactly as you guys foresee, which is that it will become the case that all the children are raised on this crap. And the hope and expectation and demand of the state is that that will become what people talk about when they speak of history of England. They will talk to each other about how this is totally true. And you'll have normie conversations when you're sitting around drinking tea with normies about how, oh, well, there was a, there was a black guy on Hadrian's Wall. He was the emperor, I was told. And you'll just kind of look at them funny and well, think, how did you end up this ignorant? And this is the project to do that. We'll also remember the uh, old horrible history song that reminds you that tea isn't even English as well. So. Yep. Suppose with that, we'll move on to the eternal European question that's uh, got to be solved because uh, I've got some uh, thoughts. Dovetailing nicely with the previous segment. <laughs> yeah. So the eternal European is a good meme. Um, the eternal Brit, whole other time. But yeah. the Europeans have been doing something. Oh, really? Is, um, they have taken notice that uh, hang on a minute. You know, we're kind of being invaded, aren't we? Maybe we should do something about that. <laughs> you, only, you only think that because it really looks that way. Yeah. 
I mean, we've had our own problems with illegal invasions in, 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 in the United Kingdom. And uh, that's a story for another time. But today we're going to talk about the Europeans who have discovered something. And half of them are divided on what to do. And I think that's the really funny part. Before we go on, have you, you know, you, when you walk past the hotel where the illegal invaders are housed at our expense, you notice there are all these bikes. Yeah. Notice that the bikes have all got rust on them. Yeah. How long have these people been here? Yeah. So you've got an old rusty bike with tires that are worn out. Where did you, where did you get that from? Um, Josh was in Bristol yesterday and told me he saw one of them like because we walk past so often we recognize them by face now yeah, yeah. he saw one of them in an upscale cafe and he's just like what <laughs> anyway Sightseeing. just just saying they're, they're there was, there was an epidemic of uh, bike part thefts all around Reading oh, really? so gotta, yeah, you just see them the actual frame just chained up to the thing where they've nicked the handlebars and the wheels and but no we've always anyway. been told that illegal immigration especially when it's forcefully uh, made against us is a good thing because Mama Merkel said so and you can see here, you can go and learn more about that by going check out Contemplations, Understanding Europeans and their politics. This is something Americans definitely need. It's, you uh, don't understand. They, they went a bit nuts, especially in the 2010s. And, and thankfully, that seems to be fixing itself, at least in Germany. And uh, good luck to the AFD. We're all rooting for you. But anyway, the news is that something was taken notice of. This is the island of Lampedusa. Now, Lampedusa, I've never even heard of Lampedusa. It's, a, it's the most southern Italian island. Yeah, I think it's closer to Libya than it is actually to Sicily. Right. I might be wrong about that, but it's, uh, it's very, very offshore, is my point. And it is the first point of contact for anyone who wants to break into Europe from North Africa. Right. And uh, the great part is that you don't even have to build your crappy vessel to go the whole journey. If you take it about halfway, the uh, Europeans will come and pick you up. Oh, just like we do with the Channel Migrants. So the same situation. Uh, but this time on the borders of Europe, the EU. And of course, this I is... I like that it's a German accent, not an Italian accent. <laughs> the Italians don't run anything. Well, we'll see that firsthand in a minute. Well, I, I like that this man is so desperate to flee war that he took time to dye himself into a Zuma haircut. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wants to integrate, doesn't he? Yeah. Of course. Thank you for your service, sir. We're good to begin there. Anyway, so Bless this chap you. here, <laughs> he, uh, they're, they're breaking in. And this has been going on since, I think, what, 2010 at least? I remember Douglas Murray. He went to Lampedusa during the migrant crisis of 2016 mm-hmm. and just talked about how horrific it is. And people have woken up. This blew up on Twitter for some reason. They're like, oh, my God, have you seen what's happening? And it's like, yeah, 10 years. Yeah, it's not new. Going on. So they're Visegrad writing here. You know, these uh, thousands of migrants have decided they're going to break out of their temporary asylum center and are now building roadblocks to process the authorities and demand that they be sent to the mainland of Europe immediately. Which, um, okay, you have been, if you literally just wait five Aren't minutes. Aren't we running an evil empire? Why can't we ever see that? <laughs> and we can see more of this. This is the other oh, thing yeah, that went yeah. viral, which is just um, lawlessness. You can see them Mo- punching, Mostly peaceful migrant riots. Punching the police, uh, g- generally being um, I can't help but notice that every single migrant we've seen so far is an adult male. Yeah, that's another feature of Lampedusa's um, friends. You can see them fighting each other there. Anyway, that's... Um, Oh, yeah. There is a woman there. There's one woman. That might be a local Lampedusian. Yeah. Because oh, okay. <laughs> there is a population there of a few thousand who have to deal with this every day for the last 10 years. They're a bit miffed. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you can see more here. So David says here, uh, yeah, the okay. doctor and engineers and lawyers are desperate yeah. to visit library. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Broke out the compound there. There's some more footage uh, fighting with the riot police because... Um, why, 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 why would an island, a tiny Italian island that has a population of around 6,000 natives need riot police? Hmm. Like the very nature that they have riot police there is just mad. Because literally thousands of people turn up yeah. every day. I think it's like 7,000 a day yeah. turn up on Lampedusa now. 
So that's more than the island's population every single day. And that's been going on for a decade. So this is their mayor, who um, gave a pretty good speech. And uh, he says in here, Refugees piss off. He says, Refugees I can read the Italian. are not welcome. <laughs> Lampedusa must be free. Oh, yeah. That's great framing. Because oh, yeah, yeah. that's correct, too. Yeah, yeah. We want to live from tourism and fishing, nothing more. That's really not a big ask. Italian I mean, dream. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how long has he been in? Do we know? Because why haven't you done anything about it before until they reach the boiling point? The thing is, what can he do? He's a city mayor. Yeah. He's not able to uh, change the EU's. I'm, I'm the mayor of the tiniest island in all of Italy. What, what, are, my, you know, what are my options? So I think that uh, Ireland is probably voting about 100% uh, neo-fascism uh, for the last <laughs> yeah. 10 years. What, what's the, some this, reason. Is, this is something that we discussed in our contemplations in organized crime. Not only is the UK number one in Europe for crimes committed by foreigners, um, but as lawlessness increases, what's the likelihood you're going to see of organized crime protection racket protecting businesses and turfing people out like the Yakuza do to Nigerian drug gangs in Japan? If, if it's ever going to happen somewhere, probably be Italy. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if you see the mafia step in. I just love how stereotypically Italian this guy is. Yeah. I mean, literally, I don't need to know what he's saying to understand what he's saying. Baba da Boopi, send the boats back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally, yeah. I want the British tourists. I want the fishing. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>, yeah. <laughs> I want to lie to the EU about my quotas. That's, that's all we want to do. Every Italian man is Juno de Campo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's... But that is really what he's saying, isn't it? What does an Italian small place want to be. It wants to be a place where rich Western Europeans come and spend their money. Yeah. And um, we're the best kind of tourists. Yeah. And they can abuse their fishing quotas and then lie about it to the central government. That's that's what they want to do. But then for no reason at all, the mafia are going to turn back up by the looks of it. And this is a story in and of itself, but this has been going on, as I said, for a decade. It just was a weird blip that for some reason, a lot of American accounts. Yeah, no, it's because, took it's because it was very obvious because literally you could see like 10,000 Africans and you knew that was more than the island's entire population. And they're all standing in one place being like, give us money. It's like the Costa Concordia crashing every day. Yeah. And you've now got an unbelievable new population to deal with. Anyway, but that's not the, the big thing that was interesting for me. The best thing for me, and the thing that brought around the eternal European uh, thing into my mind, was this dude. As you can see here, uh, pronouns in the bio. Uh, don't need to read anything else, but there are obviously red flags, literally. Uh, <laughs> in this chap's yeah, case. Yeah. And he's uh, reviewing uh, the European subreddit. <laughs> I love it. Even the most progressive European subreddit is filled with Hitlerites. <laughs> and immigrants are mentioned. Should we mention? Should we see how these uh, yeah, go on, let's Deutschland, see these Deutschland, Uber, alles, Europeans are being Hitlerites. Um, <laughs> <laughs> people listening, yeah. uh, someone in the Europe subreddit so to post a meme where they say, this is insane. 7,000 people is the population of a small town. And that's arriving every 24 hours. 7,000 people is literally the native population of the island. Smaller than that. Yeah. Uh, with a, a man pointing at a board with um, we are effed and a little Italian flagged and this guy was like well friggin Hitler writes at it again am I right 7,000 Nazi 7,000 people in boats off your coast invading your island that's akin, Every to, day. An, that's akin to an armada that's yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's like ancient battle numbers yeah. it shouldn't be understated there is a funny duality to the pro-EU types and now in, in the United Kingdom we've had the, the EU debate and I think in our case it's been pretty easy to categorize people uh, because there's such large crossover between like Weird middle class, creepy progressives who are all pro EU and unbearable. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. Oh, so I want to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to read those extra ones. Oh, don't worry. We will. They're good fun. So Go on. stay tuned. Um, but that, <laughs> you know, in the UK, we've had the sort of patriotic side, and then the weird like internationalist types, and they're they're very like you know sandal wearing vegans. But for the European Russell Brand types, yeah, yeah, for the European continent, especially Deutschland, there's this uh, much bigger divide where you obviously get the people who are pro EU 
for a different reason. And their reason is, of course, to be, well, I want the European super state now. Germany by any other means, <laughs> the Hitchens once said, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're, they're not they're not Hitlerites, obviously. They just are a new kind of European, which naturally is the English we distrust and want nothing to do with. But this is what comes out in the European subreddit, because, of course, you get the Mama Merkel type EU Europeans yeah. who are like, oh, wir schaffen das, yes, takes the whole world and nothing will go wrong. And then you get the other types, which are like this, you know? <laughs> and there is the point to close the borders. Now, that was long past. Plus, it's literally all men of military age. Those need to get deported back to their own countries because this isn't sustainable. Very reasonable. Yep. Yeah. Fair points. We need the European fortress, says yeah, the okay, German. Maybe not. <laughs> this I, I, I love the German takes it way too far. <laughs> yeah, these other users, there's no flag to their name. Just to, to yeah, point that normal, out. Normal. Kind of English names, I, I don't know. Man the castles, German. Deutschland joins the chat. We need the European fortress. The situation is already beyond buggered over here. <laughs> over 3.5 million in Germany alone. Most unemployed, sucking our welfare no, no, system no. dry. You know what he's saying? Look what he's saying. International socialism has failed. We need a different kind of socialism. <laughs> but the thing is, of course, like I don't find myself disagreeing. <laughs> But you would, he's not wrong. But you would never get this sort of talk from the U, the yeah. the UK English European types. No matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, they're still voting Green Party, being like, "Yes, more, more, destroy the place, fear sharp and das." Uh, there's one more here. Deport them all to where? <laughs> oh, oh, nowhere else exists. <laughs> Back to where they came from. No person should be allowed to illegally uh, come into our borders. To where? To where? As if we're the only. <laughs> Place on earth that even exists. Everything else outside of Europe is a barren hell. But they do think of these where people, human life is not possible. They do think of these people as if they materialize out of an ether. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But they, they do really deport do. them, as I mentioned, every single day for the last 10 years from Lampedusa to, to Germany. They oh. just phone up. But <laughs> <laughs> well, no wonder the Germans are like, international socialism doesn't work. I thought they just phoned up the clockwork elves and said, take it back. Yeah. So this whole, this whole concept of like, well, where we deport them to? Well, obviously Berlin. Where else? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nowhere else to live. <coughs> I can't get over how bad Berlin is as well. Just, oh, yeah. Just have a whole other conversation. And that was years ago that we went there. But it, it got worse. Like, I'd been there before. Me and Carl went, I think, what year did we go? 2020? It was after the COVID pandemic had died for a month and then we were allowed right, yeah, to oh yeah, it probably was move in. And we, yeah. You could see the damage that the, the 9th, 2016 thing had done, but you know, I had some context of before and trust me, like every year that is going as bad as Swindon is going every year at this point. But we'll, we'll check some more Hitlerite, shall we? Because this guy, I just love that this guy is sincere and, you know, leftists are leftists, but this is funny. They say here, then send them back where the boat came from, most likely Libya. Oh, really? I had no idea. Uh, what happens after that is simply not our responsibility. So just I love that his reply to this is, I am Adolf Hitler. <laughs> From Epic Rap Battles of History as well, yeah, which yeah, shows yeah, yeah. you all his understanding just, of history. I, I, that is, if, like, that's, that's not the thesis of Hitler. <laughs> so this guy goes, so just push them back. What, so murder them? You just want to be murdered. And he just goes, again. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but again, human life is just not possible outside of Europe. You've got to understand. So they set one foot on Libya and just... Burst into flames. I mean, this guy is correct here. He says it's not our responsibility. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you call it murder if you want, but if they sink in the water, that's that's them being stupid. Don't but don't go on a shifty what, raft. Yeah, but this is what Victoria Derbyshire found out when she interviewed one, where he, she was he, he was like from Ghana or something, and she was like, oh, why did you risk your life going across the way? He's like, I'm money. I want to make my dream come true. And she's like, yeah, but isn't that dangerous? He's like, nah. 
And it's like, you're not a, you're not a 25-year-old African man. You don't understand. You as a 55-year-old woman don't understand men's propensity for risk-taking. Well, little risk little from women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is a real thing. They don't understand. A little while ago, you did a segment on the France 24 guy that I spoke to, this random Afghan who was sitting in a Calais migrant camp. Mm. And he was complaining that he was not granted a visa to come over to COP26 to photograph a little Amal, you know, the big papier-mâché Syrian oh, yeah, refugee yeah, yeah. thing. And it's just like, yeah, you're not, you're not entitled to it. And he was like, he was like, they're racist. They, they don't give me the visa. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, why should they give the visa? Because I want it. That was his real argument. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was just like, okay. I want to be a millionaire. Yeah. Gib. I'd like your shoes, actually. Gib. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're a racist. You. You know, like. It's just it's just something else. One thing I did want to mention, though, where this guy's like, what? Send them back to Libya. Hmm. Any of those men were Libyan? Did anyone no. know uh, any of them were Libyan? Because I didn't. No. They might have they might have escaped the open air slave markets that were set up after Hillary Clinton ruined the place. Yeah, they've certainly been through Libya. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, NATO, for, for this. I mean, that is a whole other conversation, but I, I, I saw, do love in living memory, we can all just say, as Dan correctly, I think so on Twitter, which is just, yes, NATO did this. And the thing is as well, like again, I'm watching Aaron Bastani argue with people on Twitter about Gaddafi. It's being like, well, there weren't open air slave markets in Libya when Gaddafi was in charge. I realize that this is pro-Gaddafi propaganda. This is reaching like Zimbabwean levels of like, uh, we didn't realize. And everyone went, no, we did. Yeah, we, we knew it was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, it, but it's so mad how the left is like, look, look, you've got to accept the Libyan open air slave markets and completely failed country or else you're a Gaddafi sympathizer. Okay. You know, you've okay. You've got to accept Zimbabwe starving to death or yeah. you're racist. It's mental. You want the right white race to win. It's like, you go and interview the Zimbabweans, and that's what they want. I'll, so I don't know I'll, what to I'll say. I'll give you hundred trillion Zimbabwe dollars. <laughs> F off, you know? <laughs> like, just shut up. Well, we've been over this. I mean, I think we went through it with one of the other ones there with the South Africans, where it's like when you, when you go and ask them, like the black guys. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, go and ask the Libyans. What do they want? Gaddafi back? They they preferred the oppressive state. And when you go and ask the Zimbabweans, I mean, there, I love that. Wasn't there a meme once we read where there was an article? There was two guys being interviewed. And it was one white guy who had been to Zimbabwe who was like, oh, it's a paradise of new anti-colonialist thinking and blah, blah, blah. And then they interviewed a local black man and his headline was, get me out of this hellhole. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's enjoy some more European talk, shall we? Well, before we go on, uh, like Visegrad 24, I saw a thing. I didn't realize you were going to cover this because uh, I would have sent it to you. Um, apparently, a bunch of journalists went down and interviewed uh, these refugees. They're like, why are you here? And they were like, well. In Burkina Faso, they were broadcasting how much money France gives you in benefits. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is correct. I saw that. Yeah. And so we got on a boat and we came over. And Victoria Darvish is just like, what the hell does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> so you're fleeing from climate change? <laughs> yeah, like, the numbers, Mason. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but, the, but that's the point. They're just, someone is telling them. And of course, this, you know, the, the journalists are like, well, is this Russian propaganda? Maybe. It's, Who knows? Maybe it is. You know. It's funny you bring up the climate change BS where it's like, <laughs> yeah, climate change did this. Because I did go and check out the thread oh, yeah. and uh, the top comment, and with climate change, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Not the number of refugees who are getting money and then that's being broadcast on Burkina Faso TV. No. No, the, the, the trees of Africa are getting too hot. I mean, that's the double-edged sword, the eternal European. There are, of course, two types. Why aren't we getting loads of refugees from Greece? Who knows? Mm, Who knows? Weird that. Anyway, Stelios. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we'll go through some more of this just real quick. Someone says, send them back. I don't effing care anymore. Uh, <laughs> again, you wouldn't get this from the pro types in the UK. Uh, like most of us, send them back or sink them. Uh, make an example. 
if they come back, <laughs> if they come back, they will uh, come back or be dead. Uh, see how long it takes for them to understand. This would solve the problem. I'm uh, I'm not actually opposed to this policy personally. I'm just saying. Uh, Occupy land and build cities living in their own country. Bring back colonialism. This is the best one. From the pro-EU subreddit. So someone said, like, what are they going to do? Start sinking the boats. And this chap says, Occupy the land, build cities for them to live in, in their own countries. Introduce industry so they can be self-sufficient. If their government can't take control of them, then Europe has to. They will be living under a European rule either way. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they immigrate here or if we build the cities for them there. So <laughs> that's very interesting because I've been reliably told that the black people invented everything, we stole it all. So why don't they have those really well? To be fair, they'll just be having black rulership from Europe, won't they? You know, I mean, we're we're all black, really. Yeah, I don't know who says Cheddar it. Man ruling yeah, exactly, over Burkina yeah. Faso. It's the descendants of Cheddar Man who I'm reliably informed was a sub-Saharan African. So what's what's your complaint? Our progressive unions of peace, home, healthcare, the finest food, liberalist ideas, and all the immigrants will live. <laughs> but it's like that's not Hitler, right? That's well, actually, it used to be the socialist position. Yeah. In the old times, I'm told. But yeah. This, Again, just international this, this socialism has failed. We need another solution. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, everyone's just roasting this dude, obviously. But the thing is real, where you get the two-sided European in Europe, which is you get the green-type weirdos that we have, and then you get the ones that are like, you know, sink the boats. But they'll learn the lesson. Yeah, but what this is, is the people who are still embroiled in their kind of high-flying liberal ideals and have not yet been touched by what those ideals bring about. And then the other side who are like, no, 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 this is real. These are real problems. Like, we're all leftists. It's like, yes, and now you've discovered the problem. Yeah. You've caused. You've seen one too many cats barbecued in the open street. It's been going on for 10 years. How are you surprised? <laughs> these people. But Callum, what you failed to account for, it's Reddit. Yeah, yeah. But, but also, it's, it's just people who are too divorced from the problem. Those people who feel the problem encroaching upon them physically, you end up like the bloody, the, the mayor of the island. I can't remember the name of the island. But it's like, no, every single one of them has to go, you know? I love, I love just all three of these. That's the trifecta bingo for progressives thinking why this is happening. Yeah, they, literally, they're broadcasting on TV and radio that you're giving away free money. That's why they're coming. This is why the far right reaction is so stupid. <laughs> no. Sorry, the immigration is the symptom of humanity's diseases. Oh my god! Oh no, we're getting a bit too close to the Hillarite stuff again. I'm leaving. Anyway, if, if, no, no, okay. If if that's the case, why don't they go to the east? Yeah. Why don't they go to Arabia, to China, Serbia, to Russia? One of them stay there. No, they only go to Western Europe. Because uh, give me the money. But I mean, this is the Europeans' natural habitat. I just have this meme here just to make that point. We have a beaver here who um, has never met another beaver, but still builds dams. And the Europeans will do the European thing. But I do love um, just that other point. That, that is adorable. I think his name's Justin. I've seen this on the, the dodo. Oh, look at him. He's so I'm cute. sleep deprived. Is this what you want me to down. do? Just... Yeah, I, this is a much more appealing thing to watch. Well, anyway, have that on screen as I, I give you some black pills, which is... Uh... Oh, <laughs> no, I, I want this to be our border policy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, European beaver. You are saving the world. <laughs> One stuffed toy at a time to damn the Mediterranean. <laughs> anyway, but... There's a YouTube channel. I forget the name, the name of the, the guy now, which is bad form on me, but it's like Monsieur Z or something, something Z. Mm -hmm. And he's an American. And I, I love him so much because he's got such an accurate mindset about how migration works, and how immigrants work. I just how... love this beaver so much. It's so cute. <laughs> I can't take this off screen, have I? <laughs> Maybe because it's really adorable. Look at you know, it. To, to the audio listeners, this sounds like an innuendo. No, it's like he's it's like it's just beaver cam now. Yeah, look, he's, he's piling <laughs> stuff up because he doesn't want, he wants to stop the water from brushing all away. It's so cute. 
He's doing something. Oh, sorry, Karen. No, I'm ending the segment there. Oh, okay. <laughs> this thing is adorable. I got nothing. I kind of just want to watch it now. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, migrants or something coming here for money. He was stupid. Europeans won't deport them. Oh wait, don't don't turn it off. <laughs> John's like, yeah, move on. We got video comments. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's go to the video comments. Uh, do I need to press the button? Nope. Is it playing? Yeah, that's how it works. Welcome we, back to a lot of theaters cooking. Before we go any further, we, we have to again. address Last this. Mince and tatties, potatoes, but, uh, chop it looks like he's making mashed potatoes. Chicken yeah. and a stew. Butter, milk, ground beef, chop some onion, chop some carrot. Add the onion, add it the carrot. Beef stock yeah, and yeah. gravy. Next, take some seasoning. Just kidding. Get the fuck out of here. Dirty foreigner seasoning your food. Creamy mash. Add the mince. Why would you not put And there you have what? the British classic. Mince and tatties. What did you just Alternatively, say? Alternatively, put yeah. the mince in a tray, <laughs> add the pepper. potatoes on top. Cheese bake it. There you have a shit. Put cheese on the top as well. That is egregious, man. That looks great. What are you don't put cheese on top of a shepherd's pie. I agree with this. That's odd. Very Because he put didn't he put fried eggs on top of his beans on toast as well? That's good as well. That's 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 that's, that's a conflict of interest again. <laughs> conflict of interest. My ass. I heard that Connor was going on a trip to Japan next month, ideally to recreate the plot of Shogun. But the more relevant question is, will he return with a Japanese war bride? This is the fate of all far-right figures. They must always be married to an Asian wife. When he returns, he should be dressed as a Yukio Mishima, who was like a Japanese trad LARPer, who uh, was like an activist, author, philosopher, and kind of cult leader. Mr. D actually likes it, but I think that Connor could pull his look up. Okay, because I'm not a terminally online weeb, and my preferences for women are. Um, I'm not terminally online. I'm just going to Japan for a month, guys. I, no, I like. I actually like all the like old samurai architecture and things like that. Um, uh, because my preferences in women are exceptionally racist, and I only date white angular blondes. Uh, <laughs> not. <laughs> so no, I'm not going wife hunting. I'm afraid. Sorry. We'll see if you're convinced though when you're there. Carl, it's been a while. Doing a lot better since we last spoke. Can't say the same about Canada. This year just came out, which might be of interest. It has to do with the invocation of the Emergencies Act and its justification. It all stems from an internet joke pertaining to an evil goat who travels through time, is addicted to narcotics, and has a jetpack. That's why we have political prisoners in this country. And my buddy Jeremy McKenzie will be on with Beaver Fry later today talking about the whole thing. And the link is above. I'll share more later. I really am interested in the concept of a hate industry, actually. I'd like to know what metrics they measure success by. Like how many pounds of hate or gallons of hate or like what, what, what are the numbers they're using? Well, slurs. Do you remember they did that? What the, what, the number of slurs posted on Twitter? Yeah. Do you not remember like, they actually did do that graph? Yeah, yeah. But... Slurs over time. And then Twitter shot back with its own graph that was much lower. Well, obviously. But like, I, I don't know. I just envisage a factory somewhere where, you know, 17 barrels of hate are produced an hour or something. Shipped out worldwide. My N-word stocks are up really <laughs> high this morning. It's like, no, it's stupid. It's such, it's such a pathetic thing to say. Oh, it's a hate industry. Yeah, you're a hate industry. What now? All right. Let's go to the next one.
Flower Friday time, so this California native is called Detura ridei. I found out the hard way from this one in my garden that it blooms for a single day. But Detura ridei was used by Native Americans to do some spiritual stuff. It makes you really high in a very unpleasant way. It makes you kind of see hell and demons. Jesus. And it's also been used medicinally, and members of the Detura genus have been used all over the world. <laughs> and it's deeply tied with human history in a way that's actually changed um, and affected our culture deeply. This sounds, I, no, no, I've got a medicinal use for this actually, right? So going back to Canada, we're like, should you kill yourself? It's like, maybe, but sniff this flower for a minute. Yeah. This is where you're going. It's like, oh God, no, I don't want to live. You know, so actually it does have a medicinal purpose. If it makes you do that, why don't Christians walk around with a load of them to convince people the hell's real? I don't know. It only bloomed for a day. You know. yeah. You're asking too much of us. It just seems like a good idea to be like, oh, you know, this atheist, this gaytheist over here, put the flower under his nose. Yeah, that's where you're going. Anyway. Yeah, next one. Wouldn't this have been a nice place to grow up? Out in the country. Quiet. This is your backyard. Yeah, see a yaoi over there. A Pakistani food, though. How are you going to live? Look at it. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah, but half a mile down the road, there is an abo sleeping in it. That is lovely, though. Is that your house? Australia, they, they have absolute like, yeah. tracks of land. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable how big Australia is. In the 80s, they used to just buy the land and then have to build the house on it themselves. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm doing another book sale at Brisbane Oz Comic Con. Probably going to be one of my last for a few years so I can focus on my next book. But one thing I'm going to say it's not an anime suggestion, but you gotta watch the Netflix One Piece series. It is really, really good. Highly recommend. Not an anime uh, suggestion. Proceeds to recommend live action anime. I have no idea what it is. I've not watched it. I don't know anything about it. The original, the original One Piece is like one of the most egregiously long running anime series ever. And then now they've made a live action version of it. So. Okay. So this is where I'm from and where I live, a city called Silkeborg in Denmark, which is kind of special because this is the place where the Germans had their base of operations during Second World War. And as you can see, left a lot of bunkers behind. And these days we have some bunker days where people are putting on uniforms of different kinds and doing some reenactment. And I thought it would be kind of fun to just show you guys what is going on. History. This is 15 minutes away from my apartment. History in my backyard. That is nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It looks it looks like where they filmed the end scene for Inglorious Bastards. Mm. Mm. Welcome back to Lotus Drinkers. Let's get into the booze. This is fresh as a glacial facial. It's a 12-year-old space light, uh, ex-Bourbon test. Reasonable 57.8%. And just 157 bottles ever made. Yeah, that's great whiskey. And I think I speak for us all when I say we'd like to see base spotted dick. What? Okay. I don't know. I too drink alone in my apartment as a hobby, I guess. Anyway, onto the website comments. Just a Schmuck says, love watching you gents. I've watched you live virtually every day since you started the site and longer. Uh, unfortunately, I have a new job, which means I can't watch you live anymore, though I'll happily, happily be catching recordings from now on. Cheers, lads. Keep up the good work. Uh, Derek says there are too many C's on this panel. Limit one of them. I'm not a crackpot. Wow. Uh, Wolf Grillington. That's a cool golf course. 
I know, yeah. Why do you think so many people are moving out to Australia? What? Gen Z over here is house hunting, brother. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah loads, of, loads of Gen Zers have moved out to Australia. Out a three-bedroom, it's 150 grand. And it comes with a quarter of an acre of land on it as well. Jesus. Yep. Wolf says, I never liked the man, talking about Russell Brand, uh, but if he committed any crimes, it is for the police and courts to determine his guilt, not a public circus. Uh, other than that, why are they slut-shaming Russell Brand? I thought we were cool with that. Well, it's until it's useful to slut-shame. And suddenly they're hyper-conservative Victorian nannies who are just like, oh, you can't do that. Yeah, but it's not about hypocrisy. It's about hierarchy. It's trying to make it so that women aren't slut-shamed because that destroys the family. But obviously men can get away with it a lot more even though they're polluting the wealth. It's, even, it's also just about eliminating a threat to the narrative, whatever that narrative is. It's, again, if, if Russell Brand was like, you know what, I think we need to get vaccinated and I think Black Lives Matter and I think that we should give Pfizer all this money to propagandize us and to, to take their products and force us to do it, they'd be like, Russell Brand, he's top shagger. So much. Justin says, modern journalists at papers are no longer truth seekers. They are marketing agents trying to sell their papers. The more censorious the headline, the more papers they sell. Uh, and if they are somehow forced to retract, the small update on page 900 or they spin it in a way that sells more papers, independent journalists are more likely to be trustworthy. Yeah, but the thing is, I think there's also like money backing a lot of these places, like Billerman and the Gates pay the, the Guardian, God the BBC, yep. probably the Observer and stuff like that. Oh, did you know the BBC are the leading buyer of the Guardian and the Observer? Yeah, yeah, like uh, half funded of, by the Billerman and the Gates. Half of their entire circulation goes to the BBC. Yeah, and even the even the right wing papers have like OnlyFans tags where they mysteriously decide to run a puff piece on some random girls' OnlyFans. It's like, oh, I wonder who's paying for that. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, so I'm not even sure they're that bothered about sales. To be honest, I think that's funded elsewhere. Um, Ethelstan says, I think the Russell Brand story is complicated. It's telling that he used to be a vocal establishment leftist who worked for the mainstream at the time of these alleged incidents occurred that is now being raised by those same organizations uh, 10 years later as an anti-establishment figure. However, he, he, was, he, is clearly, he clearly was a deviant hedonist all those years ago, and I would not be surprised if allegations of this sort listed are true. Uh, he seems like an egotistical narcissist, no matter how much he preaches Buddhism and was a heroin-taking sex addict. I don't like trial by media, but I wish conservative thinkers would stop picking individuals to celebrate and raise up as false prophets because it makes the movement itself so easy to tarnish, whether it's Tate, Kanye, or Trump. Well, look, Trump's not done anything wrong, right? So I'm actually happy to be like, yeah, Trump. But like, I mean, I agree with the rest of it. But you also don't, you also don't have to say he's a spotless character to no. say that he's being an effective instrument for smacking down the narratives. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, as I've said time and time again, I think Tate is utterly reprehensible. But the reason his message resonates is because he turns around and says, well, young men aren't granted anything that they don't earn. And it's like young men are like, yeah, I feel worthless. Okay, I'm going to yeah. go out and earn it. It makes sense. And when, when he, his, his characterization of it as the Matrix as well is pretty good, actually. You know, yeah, there is, you know, what Moldberg called the Cathedral, Tate calls the Matrix. There's an, there is a, a, an organized structure of power that is acting against isolated dissidents. And so that's why it was good, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I don't think Russell Brown's a good guy or anything, um, but it is good to see a kind of locking of shields on this one. Just be like, no, no, we're not having it. We're not having it. This is what I was saying a little while ago, like cancellations is just going to stop working. Yeah, it's only in, in the same way as the sort of soft liberal precepts allowed woke to arise. Yeah. Only if you share their concerns and operate in their paradigm, do their charges stick. So. But it's not just that. It's about fear as well. Um, people feel that they have to toe the line or else they too will be cancelled and damaged and have their careers ruined, blah, blah, blah. And the more people who are 
on the other side of it, then the stronger the argument is to not do those things. One of the really interesting things, just, just quickly, did you see the BBC try and, and the Guardian and all that try and run hit pieces against the woman running for the Conservative mayor of London seat? Yeah, she liked an Enoch Powell tweet. Oh, she liked loads back since yeah. 2017. Um, I, I've spoken to her. She's just doubling down. Good. Party hasn't kicked her out. Yeah. So interesting wind change there. She liked the tweet that referred to a statement by a Conservative MP. Get that woman out of the Conservative Party. Okay. You're on, mate. I'm very jealous of the Australian housing market right now. Yeah, but do you want lethal spiders in your bathroom? That's the one big downside. Do you but, want to? No, no, there, there are others. Okay, so snakes, right? I don't mind snakes. No, no. The, mo the most lethal snakes in the world live in Australia. Yeah, but it's the bugs that have got to go. Also, the insufferable anywhere people that move from Britain over there. No, but then you also. Like 30 grand for a three bedroom house. You, you, you also. And then it cost me my rent to keep it. Massive saltwater crocodiles. Right. You just don't want me to leave Australia. So. I don't know. You, uh, this is why I'm not going to Australia, right? Do you, do you know what uh, trapdoor spiders are? Trapdoor spiders have a particular kind of venom that's particularly good against simians, which is weird since there are no monkeys in Australia. They have a song, um, there's a red back on my toilet seat, and it's all about how it crawls up the pipe work and bites you in the arse and kills you. Yeah. When you're taking a shit. Just come to the golf course. Oh, fun. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can die in luxury. Um, yeah. Got to check your shoes every time you put them on. I don't know. I don't know if they're, they're Australians. They're alive. They're not dead, are they? So, how bad could it be? Just saying, enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Derek says, We are living in a time where the court of public opinion seems to take precedence, even overruling the court of law. How French revolutionary are this? Yeah, it's pretty bloody awful. I, I think we're going to enter the troubadour period, though, of the sort of backlash against the sexual revolution. I do think that Dylan. Danis thing um, with Agdal. I think that's a sign of that, of where now the sexual revolution is a stain against your character. I mean, yes. But it wasn't like a few years ago. True. I mean, it's literally what they're hanging Russell Brand on now. Yeah. Well, look, Me Too was the revolutionary terror. Mm. So you're mm. going to get a, a restitution period, a sort of cooling mm. off period afterwards. Colin says, I really, really like the first five se seasons of Horrible Histories with the original troupe. I think they had in that entire run one factual inaccuracy. Which went out of their way. They went out of their way to correct as soon as they could. No idea. What it was great. That shouty man bits, cutaway gags, little puppeteer rat. That yeah. I think I they would love. It's, good. Uh, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing that you could actually show show <clears throat> the kids. There, like there the were seasons. some like occasional problems. Like their version of the Crusades didn't happen to mention that the Muslims invaded, mm. and then the Christians invaded to defend themselves. Mm. But that's that, but... you know, it's it's not that bad. But this, I mean, that was just Tariq Rashid. <laughs> like sincerely, he's been like, yeah. I, the emperor was black. Uh, the king was black. Uh, I, I literally was black. had an interaction with uh, one of these people who believes that, and the, I was like, "Okay, so where do where do white people come from?" He's like, "You literally made by aliens." I was like, "Yeah, you you, you snow devils. We're not indigenous to Europe. We we were made by aliens and dropped here." It's like, okay, just okay. <laughs> Where are the aliens now? How do we talk to them? <laughs> Imagine having that discussion. At They're BBC. in Mexico. <laughs> Imagine going to the BBC, though, the children's department, and that's what you find? Running well, the production team? Time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's Black people and the indigenous people of Europe. Okay, where do the Europeans come from? It's like aliens. <laughs> says, says your children's TV program to your kid. Andrew says, man, the production on that video is terrible. I could barely make out whatever the man was trying to sing. Well, that's the thing. is, It's literally just... No competence. Yeah, but but it's also just the transparency of it. It's like, look, you just don't question it. 
Black people are just a natural part of the British Isles and always have been. So you're weird for thinking that it could have been any other way. The blackwashing of British history smacks of that goodness gracious me Indian dad sketch. No, me neither. I feel like I should have done. My thing isn't reloading. It's annoying. You want to read some? Yeah, go on. All right, uh, we'll go for the last segment, I suppose. Yeah. From the Eternal European, Brian Tomlinson says, we need beavers in the English Channel. Now that we know it's reloading. Women, do your work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harry Starving Berber says, in a thousand years' time, they may unearth Warwick Davis, leading historians to assume that Britain was populated entirely by dwarfs. Yeah. I mean, I do love that. And why not? That, that does so often happen, though. I do wonder. Like I said about the Islamic ring, they were like, ooh, Muslims must have lived here. Like anyone who's been traveling just proves that the, the ethnic group that they met lived in their native land. Like, are they just going to conclude that, that England in a thousand years are going to come back and be like, well, obviously, you know, 60% of it in London was um, pure foreigners. I mean, it is. But I mean, like for all time, it's been that way, we presume. Well, Doctor Who told us that it was that, that case of the Frostfire, <clears throat> didn't they? That's what I mean. Like, 60- are they just going to pull that and be like, well, in 2020 it was this, so it must have always been like that. Yep. Yeah. All right. You want to read again or you want me to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anonymy says, loads of as beaver merchants when, a merchandise when. Uh, we're, we're... Funny, funny story about merchandise. Um, apparently, Aristotle is verboten. Tried to put some up and it got flagged by some auto-read thing. Talked about merch another time because I had some really good ideas and we're not allowed. Um, the French Charles Martel says, remember when Maloney was the savior that would end immigration? Every single anti-immigration politician that doesn't want to leave the EU, EU is the same. Immigration will keep getting worse until the EU falls apart. Yes. But, I mean, literally, I bet that what happens with Maloney, she's campaigning, she's like, yeah, well, what, obviously we're going to get rid of the immigrants. And then literally, like, the finance minister sits her down and goes, look, this is the graph of Italian births. This is the graph of your pensions. There is a massive disconnect. Someone has to pay for that. Well, it's also probably, this is the graph of the money we get as subsidies from the EU when we Italians aren't working all day. Maybe. And the moment we go against the immigration mm-hmm. policy, they just take all of those subsidies. Maybe. And so Maloney's just like, huh, I guess we need the immigrants, guys. And it's just like, hmm. Reclaim national sovereignty or become a cuck and betray everyone. Which way? Which way? Well, it's either that or pensions don't get paid. Yeah, national sovereignty. But you're going to have to have a national revolution to restore your sovereignty. Yeah. And that means, well, you're not going to have any, any more your money. Yep. Ross says, every time I hear Victoria Dubsch's name, I feel like one of those Germans apologizing for their country's actions during the war. Sorry, John? I didn't hear that. Yeah, I didn't get that. So there's some breaking news from Visegrad. Oh, okay. Von der Leyen presents the EU's 10-point plan for Lampedusa. No evil na- EU naval blockade. Italy will have to go at it alone. One, reinforce support Italy by Frontex to manage the high number of migrants to ensure registration of arrivals, fingerprinting... Right, so we're taking them in. Oh, safe legal routes. Safe legal routes, boys. Support the transfer of people out of Lampedusa, presumably to Berlin. Yep, Italy Uh, were going to them to Berlin. Set up returns by uh, undertaking a renewed concerted outreach to the main country. Please, will you take your citizens back? Sorry, we're going to call up the two parties in the Libyan civil war. Yeah. (laughs) No, they, they're going to they're they're be on the phone to, you know, the African revolutionary governments in <laughs> West Africa. And they're like, would you like to take these people? That guy like, in Niger is just like, yeah. so. Uh... Yeah, no. <laughs> Support the, depend- the prevention of departures by establishing operational partnerships on anti-smuggling with countries of origin transit. So more bureaucracies and more money's right. not solved. But th- this is where the handshake between the Libyan government and the EU will take place. Oh, no, wait. 
there's no Libyan government. We bomb them out yep. of distance. Right. So can't do that. Step up border surveillance at sea and aerial surveillance through Frontex and explore options to expand naval missions in the Mediterranean. So we can watch them come in. Yeah, no, so we can bring them in. Yeah. We, we see them coming across, we've got to bring them in. Take measures to limit the use of unseaworthy vessels. Well, we're going to give them boats. <laughs> so they're more effective the at crossing the ocean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Libyans don't have safe boats. Please donate five pounds a day to save the <laughs> Libyan people smugglers. <laughs> Increase support to the EUAA to apply swift border and accelerated procedures. Brilliant. Make them faster. Yep. Increase awareness and communication campaigns to disincentivize Mediterranean crossings. Or work, continue working to offer alternatives such as humanitarian. So we'll just fly them in. Just going to fly them in. Look, too many of them are dying in the Mediterranean. We can't have that. Is this, is, is this, did this come out of the meeting that Keir Starmer just went to at The Hague as well? Because he was oh, probably Keir, signed on to the exact same thing. No, no, no. Keir Starmer was like, look, we need to classify them as terrorists. It's like, fucking hell, Kurt. John, can you pull that up quickly? I'm not, I'm not making this up. Keir Starmer was on the radio the other day. See, he, said, he keeps saying safe legal routes as well. So I am skeptical. So Keir Very Starmer... Skeptical. Uh, Keir, Keir, Keir Starmer, illegal immigrants, terrorist. Starmer. Starmer. It's a better name, actually. But that's annoying. So here. Yeah. Small boat. Five days five ago. Boats. There we are. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah, but, no, 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 the, no, the people smugglers, not the people uh, smugglers. Sure, sure. But that's very different. That's, very a, different. that's a good start, right? That's Someone's right. getting treated like a terrorist here. Dude, can you imagine a single good service? Uh, no, 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 right, right, right. Because all that right. means, all that means <clears throat> is he'll shut down those avenues for the people that are sure. smuggling. I'm not and then use that as the pretext to say the safe and legal sure. routes to encompass everyone else. Already. I'm sure he will. He won't but, shut them down. It's literally impossible for him to do it. At least someone's calling these people terrorists. Advance the dialectic. The people smugglers are terrorists. Now the customers are also terrorists. Yeah, exactly. There That's are lots of hoping. terrorists. That, exactly. It's got to keep moving in that direction. So that's actually a good start from Keir Starmer. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry, but every time, every single time, have you thought about climate change has done this? Oh, triggers me. But you can't imagine a single conservative even mentioning the word. Yeah. We are out of time, though. Yeah, of course we are. So uh, more from us. Go to the website. Otherwise, goodbye.